Welcome to Get the Balance Right, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs and firm owners looking to grow their business in a healthy, sustainable way. I'm your host, Heather Zeitzwolf. I'm a CPA and I serve this community with coaching and profit advising. Please join me as I talk with leaders in digital media, branding, advertising, design, marketing, and SEO. everybody and welcome to another episode of Get the Balance Right podcast. I am your host Heather Zeitzwolf. Our guest today is Dave Waite from Zookeeper, an agency in Los Angeles that focuses on animation. I met Dave Waite through my husband Vaughn. Shout out to Vaughn. I think I got to know Dave I think first at my wedding. Well anyways we go back a ways. But Dave has done some amazing things over the years. I've seen the transformation of Zookeeper. And man, he always has the coolest websites. You have to go to his website and see what's going on right now. It's got crazy, crazy animation with little Easter eggs. Zookeeper.com. Check it out. On this podcast, this is not a normal podcast. We actually incorporate animation into the podcast. What? Yeah. Dave animates himself on the fly. Yeah. Okay. Now I know you are listening to this podcast and you're like, what? I can't see animation. I know. Go down to the show notes and there'll be a link so you can check it out. It's really crazy. He has got like a Darth Vader head and then he changes his shirt and does all this crazy stuff. I'm not animated, but uh, if you've ever seen my face, you know that I'm quite animated on my own. I don't need to be a character. I am a character. Anyways, it's really fun. And we talk about uh, his various projects that he's had over the years and some fun clients that he's had, like Team Coco and TBS and Disney. This is a really fun interview. And the crazy, crazy animation part, you got to see. So be sure to go down to the show notes and check it out. Okay, listen to our fun conversation with Dave Waite. Dave Waite, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Uh, it's great to be with you, Heather. It's typically when we've gotten together in the recent past, it's been down here in LA with you and Vaughn. And it's always great to see you guys in person and doing so well. Yeah, this is really exciting for me because I am very curious about this new software that you're using and all these new things that you're doing in animation. Before we dive into that, will you tell the audience just a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Sure. My name's uh, Dave Waite, and I run a company called Zookeeper. You can see our site at zookeeper.com. We primarily focus on animation and branding. I started my career at uh, ESPN after graduating from journalism school at Northwestern. Uh, I was a production assistant on SportsCenter at ESPN, and then I went on to move to Portland Went to law school up there at Wilson Clark, got up during my first contracts exam, walked out, said this wasn't for me. I started working at Nike a couple months later, and I was eventually hired on there as a creative writer for the Nike Towns. I worked on 15 different Nike Town openings in their retail design department, including openings in Berlin, London, Denver, Honolulu, Las Vegas. It was a really exciting time in the retail design department up there. Nike was experiencing a tremendous growth. I did that for a couple of years and I was like, I think it's time to go do something else. I think we're going to have layoffs upcoming. 
And so I decided to start my own business. My parents were like, oh, call it Dave Waite and Associates. And I just, I let out a big yawn. How boring is that? And I was like, I don't know if it was driving home from Beaverton into Northwest Portland every day, driving by the Oregon Zoo, or the fact that my good buddy in college had this khaki shirt with two pockets on, which is the typical zookeeper shirt. Anyway, zookeeper was the name. And I started my career doing a lot of freelance copywriting. A week after I left, I was very fortunate that Nike called and had a project for me. And it really took off that year. It was right, it was the dot-com boom. There's a lot of really interesting advertising jobs, tech jobs. In 2000, I was on a great gig down at a company called CyberSight. It's since been bought. And I was working on part of a SWAT team is what we called it internally. And we were doing a lot of interactive ads for Wells Fargo. And that is where I met Vaughn, your very talented husband, and became good friends. We've stayed in touch over the years. Vaughn actually built the second Zookeeper website that we had. It was all in Flash. This was about 2001. Vaughn spent a ton of time on it. It's incredibly creative. It was a different time in the web design world where things were like that kind of late 90s, early 2000s. There wasn't like a set look of anything. Everything was being created at the time. It was very interesting. There wasn't anything cookie cutter or formulaic about sites back then. We we're all trying to figure it out and figure out what works. You see it today and you know you can make the argument that web design really isn't that exciting anymore. It other things very simple and compartmentalized. And it's all done for a reason. Um, they do studies, they look at the data, blah, blah, blah. But uh, anyway, Vaughn did just a bang up job on that site. I still remember it fondly. And uh, over the years, we evolved. While I was in Portland, we did a lot more brand identity design, website design. 2007, I moved down here to Los Angeles. We got contacted in the early 2010s by NBC to work on a motion graphics project for them for webisodes for one of their TV shows called Revolution that was filling in the gap between the show when it went off the air mid-season between December and like February. They wanted to keep the momentum going and releasing one of these episodes a week in that interim. Our motion graphics, the webisodes, they were they did well. The NBC came back and hired us several more times to do that for other shows of theirs. That worked out great. And that was our foray into the motion graphics an animation world. Then the, the technology in 2016 really started to advance. We became beta testers for Adobe's character animator program. TBS contacted us to do some short form content that was animated and we were able to really do lip syncing and some more traditional aspects of animation. It's really kind of evolved rapidly from there. And it's really exciting to see where things are headed. You have always had really fun websites over the years. And I was actually just thinking about the other day how boring websites have become. Although your website, when you go to it, has a lot of animation on it. And I know that they don't use Flash anymore. So what is being used on your website to have all those fun things that are happening in Los Angeles? Yeah, I think we've always tried to push the boundaries of technology. I think that's really important to do to stand out in this very competitive landscape and it's getting more competitive year by year. So our lead animator is exceptionally skilled in obviously just animation in general, but also making JavaScripting and SVGs really come to life. At the top of our site where you have that Hollywood cityscape, see a lot of different vehicles going by, a lot of different cars from movies, TVs, films. There's a lot of hidden Easter eggs in there, all really fun. That even works on your iPhone. 
or your tablet device. So we spent a lot of time making sure that did work across all different platforms. Yeah, I think it's really important to, if you're build yourself as a creative person, to, to allow the people around you to let that creativity come out because I think you can really get some magical results. creative entrepreneur who is bootstrapping their business? This is Heather Zeitzwill from Zeitzwill Accounting and Get the Balance Right podcast. I'm here to help you get clarity around your numbers. If you're dazed and confused when it comes to taxes and bookkeeping and you can't figure out where all your money is going, get ready to take your bootstrap business to the next level. I'm offering different bootstrap packages that can help you do just that. To learn more, go to getthebalancerightpodcast.com forward slash bootstrap to set up your free discovery meeting with me. That's getthebalancerightpodcast.com forward slash bootstrap and set up a free discovery meeting with me and start getting radical with your numbers. Going from being a copywriter to an entrepreneur what was the transition like when you had to start pitching people? Did you have to do any pitching when you were at Nike to just pitch your ideas? Or how did you get experience doing that with pitching to clients? That, that's, a great, that's a great question. It could take in multiple different ways. I think at Nike, we definitely, when we were in the retail design department, I remember meetings where we would actually have to sit there and really talk about the ideas of things and, and the ideation. I think it was at Nike that brainstorming really became so, so important. You see how important that is in the creative business. And I still, to the designers and animators we work with to this day, I always urge them, whether we're doing a character design or whatnot, to to start with that sketchbook, to start with that actual written form. Really think about the idea. And that's what I've always tried to emphasize in the 100 plus identities that we've designed over the years is when we're doing those, we really try to start with sketches. And it's because it's really all about the big idea. If we sit there and just go to uh, the computer right away, I really think you miss a step. What does the process look like when you're working with somebody like Team Coco? Did you approach them? Did they approach you? It's gone the days where you'd walk around town with a portfolio. So what does it look like now? I remember those times where you actually sat there with your portfolio and you left it at the agency. And you had to go back a couple of weeks later and, and pick it back up and you hope they hadn't lost it. Oh, yeah. I really date myself on this podcast. To go back to your question, I think it's very much, Heather, it's all about relationship building. The project from NBC leads to something for TBS, leads us to something from Team Coca. And that's typically how it works in the industry is you really have to cultivate and develop these relationships. Team Coco had heard about us from the work that we had been doing. They go and they see our website. They knew we were a trusted resource. And so that really gave us a big advantage as we went in to kind of get that project. And to go back to answer your previous question about pitching, it's one thing to pitch at a Nike or pitch to clients or present work. We're finding it's a totally different thing as we're doing more of our own original content down here. And we go into the FXs, the Quibis, the uh, Adult Swims to pitch our own creative, original animated IP ideas. You have a very limited amount of time to make a very quick impression. I would say having recently been a judge for the New York Film Academy's Producers Pitch Fest, it's very insightful being on the other side of that. And I think the best advice I can give is to slow down when you're doing a pitch, but also speak with a lot of passion that passion really needs to come through. I saw that on, I think it was LinkedIn where it was like a Zoom thing 
with the Academy. How'd that come about? The New York Film Academy just reached out to me. They're like, hey, would you like to come do it? I think one of their students actually found us and wanted to pitch their animated idea to us. And they were uh, terrific energy from them. And they had a really great idea. So it's really awesome to see some of the young ideas and enthusiasm coming into the industry. One of the, I don't know if you'd call it a case study or just a portfolio piece on your website, but is the Dracula animation. And you have all kinds of storyboards for that and a lot of detail on that whole process. What was that all about? And how did you get involved with that and the 2D type animation? And maybe if you can explain what is the difference between 2D and 3D animation? Yeah, so you're going back to talk about some of the, those very early projects. I think Dracula is uh, 2013 or something like that. So yeah, that's motion graphics. That's 2D animation. It's more on the motion graphics side than the actual quote-unquote animation. Typically, when we're talking 2D animation, you're seeing lip syncing. You're seeing a little bit more movement of characters. Where the motion graphics, they in some of our older NBC work, it's more, you'll see certain items moving. You can do, still do some really creative stuff, but it's not quite as intensive as doing more of the 2D animation. And there's all sorts of differences that you can get into between stop motion animation, 2D animation that's frame by frame. Uh, and then you start going into, say, 3D animation, and that's a completely more complex uh, ball of wax that can get pretty expensive and pretty advanced in a hurry. I remember years ago using Director and Flash. So what what kind of software are you using now? And do you have to wait for things to render when you're doing this animation? What exactly are you using? Depends like what you're trying to do. If you're trying to do live stream animation, which we'll come over here and show you in a second, that can happen on the fly as long as you can go through like a live stream application, say like a Zoom. We've partnered up with Adobe as beta testers on their character animator program. And it's really a revolutionary program because it lets you get up to speed in the animation much more quickly than traditional frame-by-frame animation that can take months and months, if not years, to get a show into production. Where a character animator, you design a character, you rig up the character, that puppet's ready to go. You can use that character over and over change out the backgrounds, change different triggers, different props, different things like this. And it's literally ready to go right then. You can animate on the fly. You mentioned motion and then you said animation. So are those two different types of software? Motion graphics are a bit different than, say, traditional animation. You can still call motion graphics animation. Everybody has a different definition of this. Our our work for NBC that we did for, say, Revolution or Dracula Mm-hmm. A million second quiz. That's more in the motion graphic realm where some of the more recent stuff that we've been doing is much more in the 2D animation fits under that umbrella. It's not frame by frame though. Okay. But can we do frame by frame? Can we do uh, more traditional 2D animation with more movement and things like that? Yes. There's some really cool things that I'm, I've got a non-disclosure with Adobe to obviously not disclosed. There are some really cool things coming out with the software, different tracking techniques and body parts and green screens. Wow. I think in the future, this is, I'm, I'm very eager to see where this technology is three, four years from now. I know you're going to set up and show us and just- Hold on. Yeah, we'll do that right now. Okay. All right. There we go. There, here I am in animated form. And so this is a puppet that our crew did up for for me last year, I never got around to use it. First, let me uh, let me wave and say hi here. And then the pandemic hit, 
And I'm thinking to myself, wait, how can we go in here and use this puppet? How can everybody start to do these Zoom calls? How can we make these a lot more fun? Pandemic comes down. As you can see, we can change this out. So we figured out a way to go in here and make the animation work on Zoom calls. So obviously we can add a mask. We can add a lot of different fun stuff here if you want to get patriotic. Pandemic gets worse this winter. We can put on the full gas mask and take all this off. We can put on a funny hat. Uh, we can put on sunglasses. So there's a lot of really fun stuff we can do with this. And now, of course, we can, this is my dog, Puck, and change out what we're wearing. We can make it rain. And these are all just triggers that we've got set in the background. We can even do animation within animation. And we use these for all different pitch calls now. So, you know, we rig these up on the fly. So we had a call with the Chicago Bulls. We were able to quickly do this in half a day. Hey there, this is Heather. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And if you are, if you wouldn't mind, please hit the subscribe button now. That way you'll never miss an episode. All right, now back to the podcast. So when you do something like this and set this up, the software has to learn who you are or how long does it take before you can generate an animated version of yourself? What we have to do is we have to spend a week or two creating, doing the character design, creating the puppet, do all the different mouse shapes. Um, and some, some ways the software takes over things. If we want to do an eyebrow raise, that'll do it on its own. So what it's doing is the program is taking our, the audio and visual inputs that we're doing. And so how that's working is it's taking what I'm saying and outputting it into the different mouse shapes that we've programmed into here. Plus all the other different triggers that we've added in here. So if we want to have like smoke coming out of our ears, we can do that. We can do a lot of different really fun stuff. If we're, say, we're pitching to a Netflix or an NBC, we can have that ready to go for that different call. Are you just using key commands on your keyboard to trigger these things? Yeah, so what I've got going on over here is I've got a whole other screen on the right side. So I can just hit a button and put a different helmet. You go to Darth Vader. You're more of the Boba Fett fan. I mean, I'm a big hockey fan. You can do all sorts of stuff. Once you've programmed or created this stuff, can you use those same Boba Fett helmet or whatever on somebody else? It depends on the type of the illustration. The animation style has to match up. Yeah, the great thing about animation, the, the way you start to make money at this is you build up the animation library and you have a whole library of things saved up. So I've gone over, I've got friends that worked, at, that worked on The Simpsons or like Family Guy. And you go to those studios here in LA and they've have like hundreds of people on this on their staffs, and they have people. They have like just departments that sit there, and all they do is draw like props, like chairs and desks and things like that. And so, where you get the savings and animation going on is when you have all these assets created. So, yeah, this would just be another way of having these assets done. Like you go over to visit the Simpsons. What they do, they have a whole process. They start by having the script. They start doing the VOs. They have the storyboards, they do animatics, they'll do a sell there, but then they ship it off to one of their two South Korean studios. They do each sell hand by hand on their computers over there. They ship it back. There's a lot of going back and forth. It's a huge process. As I mentioned, they've got a staff of, of a few hundred over there doing all this. The great thing about the technology that we're using, we can go in there and do this at a fraction of the time. So if you were starting a show like The Simpsons today, you wouldn't really go about it in that process. 
I totally understand why Simpsons Family Guy, they've been on the air for 20, 30 years, a long time. What they want to do is to have that consistency. So when their show looks the same as it does today as it did 30 years ago, that's all by design. They don't. They want you to be able to watch an episode out of order and it still all looks completely on brand. The technology that we're using is really, if you want to get a show like that up to speed, you can do it much more rapidly, months instead of years, weeks instead of months. I remember as a kid, the Flintstones, they had Flintstones and then they upgraded Flintstones and it looked completely different. And I'm like, Barney Rubble does not look the same. And it always bothered me as a kid. Like, what? What happened? Yeah, and that's exactly why they do that because they know even if you're a kid, you're going to notice things. That really makes a big difference. That's really fun and exciting. If somebody wanted to implement something like this, say they were like a large company that could afford having animation and stuff. So could they actually have all their workers animated for their Zoom calls or what else can they use this for? I think there has to be smart strategic uses for it. Yes, you could do that. Uh, you've probably seen a recent LinkedIn post of mine, Heather, where we show nine different characters all chatting on a Zoom call. Yes, that's all possible. Everyone's got to have the Adobe Creative Suite. We have to instruct them on how to use it, have it all lined up. It's not a huge time to get ramped up. Like we could probably teach somebody in an hour or two how to do that. If we were working with, say, like a celeb or somebody like that that didn't want to put on all their makeup, takes an hour or two, their hair has got to be a certain way. And we may laugh at celebs, they have a certain appearance. And if they had come on camera and they don't look the way that you're used to seeing them, you're going to be like, what's wrong with them? That's going to generate a ton of stories online or what happened is, but when you're animated, you don't have to sit here and put on face, do hair, do all that. So you can do this obviously much more quickly. And we could get you up to speed on that within just a couple hours and away you go. You're an animated character that you can use it all across your social media or wherever else you want to use it. Do videos on the fly. So it's pretty fun. And it also gives you the ability to really appeal to a younger audience. I mean, kids eat this up. I never thought about like the whole celebrity thing, like having an animated version of themselves, but this would be like actors could have their own avatars. What do you think like with the whole COVID thing? Do you think that animation is going to become bigger? Because it's all unknown, of course, but I think animation was big before we went into this. And I think as we saw for months, live action was shut down. Now we may or may not see a, a winter where live action has to be shut down again. Who knows? But animation does generate that consistency that everybody's able to work at home work remotely and be able to keep this going. And we've all figured out pipelines and workarounds from having to be in the office all the time. So I think this is here to stay. I don't think Zoom calls and things like this are going to go away. I think people are realizing that there's some more efficient ways of doing business. I still think having an in-person meeting is still invaluable. Some of those cues, how you connect with people. Yeah, that's still going to be really important, but there's still ways that you can get a lot done with Zoom. As people start to realize some of the options out there for doing animation or putting together a show, or they need content put together really quickly, there's just more and more tools and techniques that are going to make this a very interesting time to be alive. Somebody had this concept for an animated program could they potentially come to you to help them animate that? What is your process with that? Yeah, we get a lot of people asking us like, hey, I've got an idea. Can you animate this? I think it really helps to, like with anything, to really have a clear plan of what you're going to do and who's going to buy this and who you're going to be able to pitch it to 
that's going to buy this. We get people off the street saying, hey, I got a great idea. There's a lot of great ideas. It really helps to have that connection of who you're going to be pitching this to. Or if you have a business and, hey, I can't do commercials right now, or I really want my company to be likable. I want a mascot makes you much more memorable and wanting to buy that product. Studies have demonstrated that clearly. Just makes it so much more fun and, and personable. And I think this is a more important time than ever to be personal and really make that connection with your customers. So that software that you were just demonstrating, is that something that you can incorporate with a live video and do it Roger Rabbit style? Is that something that's just completely animation? Yeah, one screen would be animated, as you saw with our call. Other screen wouldn't be animated. You're seeing shows on TV like My Cartoon President or Tuning Out the News, which is on CBS. You're seeing that animation fused with live action. Yes, you can do that, but it's not necessarily live. You would need to sit here, do some crafty work in After Effects, but you could make that happen, then you'd have to render it out. Oh. You may have noticed that the lip syncing when we're doing this live was maybe not quite so fine-tuned. We can adjust that post. So right before it's rendered and it doesn't need to be live, then we can go in there and tweak the lip syncing. And that technology is getting better and better. Adobe just did some improvements to that recently, but it's just getting better. And we expect to see nothing but improvements in that in the years to come. That's so neat. When you were talking about this, I could see maybe like Colbert, like a talk show or something where he's animated and he comes out on stage and he's animated and then his guests could be animated. But I guess it would be really expensive though to animate all the guests. Colbert, fellow Northwestern grad. Colbert on his show, I believe it was last year, he actually did Trump sitting there as a guest in an animated form using this technology. So that's all very possible. When they did My Cartoon President, when the Democratic debates happened back in, what was it, February? January, February, long time ago. It seems like a lifetime ago. One of the debates where they had all the Democratic candidates, it was like a Thursday night. And My Cartoon President wanted to show the debates, but they wanted to give their own spin. So they had the writers all writing the different material during the debates. They had some in the can, I'm sure. They're writing all the material during the debates. They then have the voice actors that night imitate the different candidates. Biden, Bernie, they all get their own voices and they're all saying their reactions and things like that to the debates, making, infusing it all with humor. Now, because my cartoon president, they had everything ready to go. They had the puppets all done up beforehand. So the next morning, they have that show out there on air with all the candidates talking their lines from the debate last night, but giving their own riffs off of it. So they basically have a real-time show in less than 24 hours. So that's really the advantage of this technology. It can do some really amazing things. Wow, yeah. So you just have to be proactive about what you're going to do and just have it all ready to go. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and even maybe for like sports where they don't know what the outcome is going to be, they could already have the things all ready to go and then just put in the winners or whatever. That's something that we did for the Philadelphia Flyers is we did the first ever animated. They have a hilarious mascot named Gritty that took the sports world by storm. We did the first ever animation of Gritty for a holiday a couple of years ago, and that garnered half a million hits in just a couple of days. It was amazing. Can you tell the audience where they can find you? I know you mentioned a couple of links, but 
where's the best way for people to get a hold of you if they're interested and learn more about you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can always visit us at zookeeper.com. We will, in the show notes, we'll put the specific link to the character animator demo to our site. And if anyone would like to connect with me on LinkedIn, feel free to just mention that you heard me on Heather's podcast. If anyone was not able to watch this and was only able to listen, we'll also put in the link in the show notes to a demo that you can view of what the heck I was talking about. Sounds great. I will most definitely do that. (laughs) Thanks so much, Heather. Great to catch up. Yeah. Thanks so much, Dave. Hey, this is Heather. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you found value in the show, I'd really appreciate it if you gave me a rating on iTunes or just simply tell a friend about it. And if you're interested in learning more about my profit advising and coaching, please set up a discovery call by using the link in the show notes. All right. Thanks so much and see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.